0: welcome to the effortless swimming podcast the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water become a better swimmer and live a better life here's your host brenton ford
1: welcome to the effortless swimming podcast my guest today is someone who attended a clinic in mid 2022 and was averaging around a 205 210 per 100 and said he was happy to survive a 1k swim at the pool And has now got himself down to a, well, around a 145 and even a little bit quicker in terms of threshold pace and a, and a 125 to 127 for an all out 100. And he's seen a really good improvement with technique and times. And I'm still continuing to see some improvements as well, which is fantastic. So I want to welcome Seb Wichman to the podcast. Welcome to the, today's episode.
0: Brandon, thank
1: you. Yeah, thank you for having we me. were talking about this earlier. I said, I don't know if I'll get the German pronunciation, but uh, it's close enough. Well, that, so you come from a, a semi-professional cycling background, you said, and doing triathlons, uh, mm-hmm. half Ironman coming up in Cairns. So uh, talk to me a little bit about what it was like coming from that cycling background to triathlon and, and swimming. And if you had any challenges there when it when it came to, to swimming. As yeah. I, I see a lot of cyclists just, they, they will kick like cyclists. They have heavier legs from you know that muscle buildup and they, they find it's a bit frustrating initially. Is that
0: something that you encountered? Swimming was for me, Brandon, like a fish out of water, really. You know, it's kind of as you described, I've never actually focused on training my upper body at all. Everything in my life in the past has been just training my upper or my lower my legs obviously. And you know, swimming for the first time I had to I had to just focus on suddenly using my, my torso and I just didn't know. I've never really learned how to swim. I didn't know how that all works. So it was really finding my own own feet, so to speak, in the water, trying to kind of understand what it all means and trying to feel the water. And none of it's something I had really.
1: Did you teach yourself or did you have a coach or someone help you in the beginning?
0: I'm not sure if that's because I'm German, but I, initially I went into triathlon, just looking to find a challenge and knew I'm strong on the bike. Knew I'm very weak in the water and I love the science behind things, right? And so early on, I visited your clinic as well, which I absolutely loved. Just a technical aspect, we sat down and just looked at video analysis. And so I really quickly seeked out mentors to just learn from and to improve. And I don't do that to, you know, to do anything more, but to learn and to just figure out how to get this thing called swimming to the best of my abilities. And you were one of my coaches, obviously the are right now. And I have another coach I'm working with that's is helping me you know, on a consistent basis, just constantly improve my swim, which is super important. And what
1: did you take away from the, the clinic that you're able to use going forwards with your technique? Was there anything with your own stroke where you thought, okay, I'm doing it this way. We can see in the video, this is how I'm doing it. But I know that the best swimmers, the fastest swimmers, are doing it another way.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that when I came to your swim clinic, I really, truthfully, had no idea what I'm doing. I just knew I had to to kind of, you know, move my move my legs and kind of do something with my arms. And so, you know, and then the whole the whole aspect of technique obviously comes to to play. And you know, the thing that I kept focusing in my mind are those kind of pillars that you kind of taught me, which is kind of to really make sure that I don't look too far forward to have a, you know, to have a kind of relaxed, and almost like heavy head in the water. We focused also on, I had a very wide kind of reach, so to speak, elbows hitting the water first. And, you know, I kind of shortened this up oh. a little bit, a rotation, and then really eventually worked under, you know, for my catch, um, at my on my catch as well, to making this, you know, making this as best as I can, but it's just a progress as you know, and you know? nothing comes just by itself. You just start somewhere. And then as you improve on something and you focus on something else, this first thing falls again off the boat, so to speak, and you have to revisit it. And so it's, it's constant learning, which is great, which I love. Yeah, there's, you're never going to s-
1: stop finding things to improve with your with your swim stroke. Mm-hmm. And then that's one of the fun things about swimming in, in many ways. Yeah. And like looking at and we did a, a YouTube video on your kind of before and after and you look at the video and some of those things have changed really nicely there's there's still some things there that that you know, that we can work on and and when you when you look at it like you, you look more I'd say you like your stroke is definitely longer in the water you're now in that front quadrant which is which is great yeah. and you just look like you've got some kind of better better rhythm and, and stuff going but I think when people like someone who doesn't know swimming that well they might you know just swim recreationally and they haven't seen themselves swim they might look at that before and after and go there's you know, there's not that much difference right until mm-hmm. we sort of slow it down and break it down and say well actually you're doing this and uh, and we've made a change there but mm-hmm. the end result is you know, about twenty seconds faster per hundred so I think mm-hmm. when people look at the visual changes over time to the naked eye it doesn't look like a whole lot but mm-hmm. in reality there's quite a bit there and if you're swimming 20 seconds quicker well yeah it might be fitness that's certainly an aspect of it but it was fitness and strength but also that like the technique even these subtle changes can make a big difference but it takes Mm -hmm. a long time to ingrain them and to be able to do it consistently yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, i absolutely agree and what's your what's your weekly routine been like for swimming how often have you been getting in the water
0: you know with triathlon as you know it's you know, I thought cycling is, is challenging and difficult, but triathlon is a totally new game. You know, it's kind of trying to combine three sports, one of which on my end is kind of okay, you know, and I haven't really focused like hugely on swimming as per se, like, you know, I have a massive swim block, for example, four times or five times a week, but I do swim very, very regularly and I do swim when I swim with a lot of intention and with a lot of constantly in my mind, constantly reinforcing what I'm working on in that moment, kind of feeling the water, kind of seeing myself from above, almost, you know, looking down upon me, if you will, and just seeing where my arms are at and just constantly being with the stroke, if this makes sense. And so I have been going in the water probably about, depends, probably three times a week. So nothing nothing huge, but just this consistency over time just starts yielding dividends, which
1: is great. How long did it take you to start seeing results with those changes? This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Form Smart Swim Goggles. They're more than a pair of goggles, meet the world's most powerful swim platform. See yourself improve with Form Smart Swim Goggles, including a free one-year membership when you purchase your goggles for only 249 US dollars. They've currently changed up their offer where you can now get the goggles and you have one year membership included for free. And if you'd like to continue with the membership going forwards, it's only 15 US dollars a month, where you get access to their workouts, training plans and custom workout builder. But you'll always have access to the real time data in the goggles, so you never lose access to that. My favorite thing about the form goggles is having the instant feedback of what times you're doing, what stroke rate you're doing, and also the ability to see what your heart rate is because never before have we been able to have these immediate feedback heads up display where it's actually telling you what your intervals are. So when I wear the goggles in training, I like that I know my split for the first 50 and the 100 and the 150. So every single lap I'm getting that feedback on what my pace is. And I find it's such an important tool for being able to not only have different gears where you can switch betr- between the different speeds that you wanna swim, but it helps you develop those gears And it helps you intuitively know how fast you need to go before you're going to blow up or before you're going to go a little bit too hard. So it helps you just get really good at judging your pace for when you do go to a race. And even if you're not wearing the goggles in a race, it's that intuition and that ability to develop your pacing that these goggles can really help with. To get your pair of form goggles and save 15% off, use our link formswim.com forward slash effortless. Or use the coupon effortless at checkout and that will get you 15 percent off your pair of goggles using our special link formswim.com forward slash effortless or the code effortless at checkout
0: it probably took a while to be honest it probably took me you know probably after we met in i think let's say june july last year which is now whatever it is what's the 10 months ago let's say you know you kind of initially you're still not stuck but you know, you know what to do in theory, but practically the muscle haven't caught up yet in terms of you having the strength. I remember in the beginning that my, especially my left hand, cause I'm right hand and my left hand constantly just, I just couldn't pull through the water. And that's, you know, in my mind is something that I just worked on to just working on the strength part. But then you start combining strength with technique. And I would say that the initial kind of next stage probably came you know, probably five months after, four or five months after, where really saw in terms of speed, in terms of time, a noticeable change. You know, in the beginning, you know, straight away out of of the clinic, so to speak, I felt that I mentally, again, knew what I had to work on and I kind of consciously focused on that. But again, you don't have the strength necessarily and you know what to do, but you can't necessarily put it into practice straight away. And then through repetition, eventually, you develop or I developed speed and you're just trying to just be more streamlined and everything eventually comes a little bit together, which in my case, yeah, was the case, but I still lots to work on as well, which I'm excited about. Never stops.
1: What made you stick with it? Like how come you didn't just go, this, this doesn't work. You know, I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing. Uh, I'm not seeing any improvements in time. So it's, that's a waste of time. What made Mm -hmm. you stick with it?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I think one part that's I know is that when you know what to focus on and when you have a vision and a goal. And for me, I have my vision on my vision boards. You know, it's a goal to go to the world championships in 70.3, probably next year. When you have a coach that really guides you through it. When you have a mentor, like I see you being a mentor, we have met it each other in person, but also I'm watching your YouTube channel probably every day. I'm listening to videos and I'm just almost like while I'm eating. I'm just, you know, clicking on a random video and just picking little things up. And some videos I watch multiple times because, you know, again, when you're swimming, you then remember, ah, and you kind of start reinforcing. It's just this world you enter that I absolutely love, the technical aspect of swimming, which is, I think, one reason why swimming has become not my strongest discipline, but in my mind the discipline I feel challenged by the most and therefore I love the most as well, which is kind of interesting into looking at that dynamic.
1: Did you think that this was something that you could come to love or you know, when you first started, did it feel like it was always gonna be a, a hard slog and less enjoyable than the running or the riding? Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. Look, swimming to me was an absolute struggle. Like I, you know, I, 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 still, I still can feel how my, core and my legs just were sitting in the water, you know, just like dra- dragging myself along. And this is it's not enjoyable. You know, it's kind of, you see other swimmers or when I watch, observe other swimmers and you, I get really excited. And I'm like, I'm in awe of swimmers. They just glide through the water. I'm like, how does this work? Or when swimmers just come past me, when you're just going full steam in the water and somebody just with a, with a, lower stroke count just suddenly comes past you, like how does, how, does this, how does this work? And so, yeah, so I'm really in awe of it all, which is, which is awesome, absolutely love mm-hmm. I wanna talk a bit about the,
1: so just before we jumped on the call, you said that you just did a new PB for like a half Ironman distance swim in the ocean. So you weren't racing a half Ironman, but you did the distance and just mm-hmm. saw what time you could get. So yeah. prior to, well, when you, when you messaged me, I can't remember when it was, a couple of weeks ago, perhaps, but you Mm. said you'd just done a half Ironman distance swim in the ocean, you got, was it 32 and a half? 31
0: and a half, 31 and a half, -hmm. yeah.
1: So thirty one and a half, and then I mm-hmm. uh, did this YouTube video last week and talked about okay, what's what's the next thing that you could probably focus on, and talked a bit about the exit. You said mm-hmm. you just did another PB that was about two seconds quicker per hundred. Yeah, yeah, uh, in two seconds. Do you want to talk a bit seven, about that seven, change? That's like, and yeah, yeah well, mm-hmm. well, it adds up thirty thirty and a half instead of thirty one mm-hmm. and a half, so it's mm-hmm. that that that's not insignificant. So mm-hmm. talk to me a bit about that that change and what you were focusing on and what you're doing mm-hmm. beforehand with the yeah, exit.
0: Sure. So, you know, like June last year was my first half Ironman. I did a, I think, 34 and a half pristine conditions. You know, obviously there was a lot of people around. I'm not sure how you com- can compare this. And so three weeks ago or so, I had in my race plan or prep for the next race. I had a race effort with wetsuit in the ocean, which again was, you know, flat, really good conditions. And I did a 31 and a half. And I thought that was pretty good. And when I looked at it, I saw all those, all those moments where my pace just slipped off the, the race pace, you know, two or two or two or five, even and I didn't really know why that is. And a couple of changes you mentioned, which I really focused on was just simply on the right side, my, my hands exit, so to speak. So what I saw or what you alluded to is that my in the, in the actual catch phase and in the, in the exit, my hand slipped kind of more vertically, whereby I lost the pressure of the water or, you know. And so I think like initially in my earlier days, that was due to just have not having strength. Some, it has to give somewhere, hmm. right? And so where it gave until now, and I still, I'm still working on it, is this last third of the quadrants to exits. And even though, I mean, you tell me, but even though this is not where the main propulsion comes from, it's to me super important for stability and for rotation and all this on the other sides and to, to be able to, to glide and to lengthen the, the opposite arm because you have still pressure on the water. And so this is what I'm working on now. And just this just slipped before. And so I just did one little change, which was to constantly just keep pressure on the right side, not slipping, not for the, for the hand to slip, and so with consistency, applying all to this consistency piece to constantly keep the pressure up, I did another, so 138, another two seconds per 100 meters of the half Ironman, which is about 45 seconds all up. So that's a s- significant little, little change of money right there. You know, that's, that's maybe the difference between, mm. you know, you know, later group or a group before that, that comes uh, or goes on the bike, right? So it was pretty cool actually pretty mm, cool to see that's exactly right yeah.
1: Mm. yeah that's that's great it's a really common one the the exit either people yet yeah, hand turning in and coming out a little bit early and just losing that pressure and that's really hard to get a get a good reach and roll into the catch comfortably typically the arm will just drop down a bit soon because you mm-hmm. lose that propulsion at the back it's mm-hmm. it, you're going to pay for that somewhere and it's it's out the front so and then on the other side of that sometimes i see people pushing back as far as they can with a lot of exertion at the the back almost where they're flicking their hand out the back, but that's unnecessary because as you said, it's not the, it's not where you get most of your, your propulsion. So I, I, I have heard coaches say like, uh, like put, like put as much power uh, through the back of the stroke as you can. But mm-hmm. to me, it's like, that's, that's kind of wasted effort. Cause most, when you measure the force, most of it's just underneath the shoulders and the, and the chest, that's where you're applying the most power. Mm-hmm. So as long as you just, clear the hips go just past it and keep the palm facing towards your feet that's that's kind of all you all you need otherwise i think muscularly you're going to fatigue quicker than what you, you need to there but as you said without that swimming background and swim strength it's initially like it's just hard to to keep the stroke that little mm-hmm. bit longer because yeah. like through it, it uses your triceps a lot and you know mm-hmm. most people probably aren't using them as much as they would when they're when they're swimming so it does take a bit of Mm -hmm. bit of time and uh, and awareness as as well about what what's what's required to to maintain that length did did you find so with that change it sounds like it's it's come together pretty well already but did you find that when you're making these changes in your stroke that Was it on some strokes you were like, yep, i got it. And then it started to fall away. Or was it just like you'd have some sessions where it wasn't working and and somewhere it was? What was that like for you? How consistent were you?
0: It is just incredible. You know, like it is just one day it's off. (laughs) One day it's on. It's you never know quite nowhere it lands. I had one session late last week where I thought that is just feels so great. And you know, like I love, I always focus on ending the session. Well, and even if it's just 25 meters to caught you exhausted and you're always trying to end the session well, to keep in mind what the stroke should feel like, even though you're super fatigued, uh, you know, but truth be told, some sessions are really good in terms of you just on it, your core switched on, you just over the over the barrel, you just have a lot of You know, pull underwater. You feel like streamlined. You just feel on top of it. And some other sessions, for whatever reasons, maybe you're fatigued or maybe you haven't slept well. It's just you're just a little bit off. And so I think that what is to me important, at least, is that you always give it your best shot, right? So, way whatever, wherever you feel you fatigue, you're just trying to pull yourself together and just you know maybe end the lap well or whatever. It's just you know constantly just yeah, erring to. To do the best you can, and that's not that's not always great, but it needs to be good enough, sort of speak, enough for yourself at least. Hmm. I
1: think the important thing there is that you is on those sessions where you feel rubbish, don't get out and go, "Oh, this is, this is a waste of time." Mm-hmm. Is like, like keep going with it. You you've got to finish that. You've got to still do the session, or at least the majority of it, because even if your times are rubbish your, your technique is not nearly as good as it could be. your hips mm-hmm. and legs are, are sinking. like you you 've just got to have that consistency and expectation that some sessions will not be great and maybe your, your technique's not going to be as good as you you'd like but as as you said, just yeah, maybe take a bit more rest or try and just maintain your form as, as best you can, but as long as you just keep that con- consistency up and you 're looking at like this I think it's like a, a walking up a up a mountain with a with a roller coaster where you're always going to have this upward trajectory if you stick with it but you you're this sorry, this this yo-yo where it's like you go down comes up goes down comes up that overall trajectory will be upwards as long as you just stick with it mm-hmm. and I think that's an yeah. important thing to,
0: mm-hmm. to you know to note mm-hmm. so true.
1: and so f- for you when you go to the pool is there do you feel any different when you go to the pool now compared to 12 months ago?
0: Look, my coach. This is now a while ago, my coach eventually said, "You now look like a triathlete." I still don't know exactly what that means, but I think you know. <laughs> this, you know, initially when you go into any sport, there's just certain muscles are just not there, and I pretty much looked like a little chicken finger, I think, to some degree, because I've never really trained my upper body. I think naturally I have muscle, but I'm also a, a vegan or kind of 89% raw vegan. So it's also difficult to really build heavy muscle or build muscle. That's, that that we re- rebuild after you, you, you broke it down through intensity, for example, uh, but you know, nowadays I go in the water, which is lovely where before, you know, I almost was, I, w- I wasn't anxious, but I felt quite conscientious about not being able to swim well or swimming slowly, and especially when you go into a squats, right? So you suddenly have mm. swimmers in there that have been doing this for a while. And it really took me, took mentally a little bit of an effort to just say, it's okay for you to not be any great right now. You're just starting up and you just stick with it. You enjoy the process and the consistency wins in the end, right? And to, you know, 10 months fast forward, I still don't compare to the pure swimmers in the squad that I'm going to mm-hmm. that go like you know 110 or 120 but I hold myself in a in a fairly fast lane now and that is just really good to to see progression or people that come and comment on my stroke that say hey you really improved a lot you know that means really a lot from, for me coming from people that have been swimming for quite a while you know, because I love the sport and I I work on it and mentally and physically almost on a daily basis, even if it's just watching a YouTube channel from, from effortless women, right? So, and it's just a nice compliment for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. And even though, like even those small comments about about your, your stroke or your technique or saying, oh, okay, I've moved up, I've moved up a lane or I've moved up a place here, like that's that's all you need. You just want to see that that progression it's it's those little wins because you know how much work it can take to to do that and you know what you've put in as well to be able to see those improvements and as you said like it doesn't happen overnight and it's not going to happen instantly but if you've got that long-term view like you have and you've got that that big goal of making world champs for for half Ironman I think you need that you need that kind of goal or ambition to really keep you on On the right path, and yeah, it doesn't have to be world championships. It might be for other people. It might be a certain time, or it might be getting to a certain lane in the squad, or it might even just be like swimming a certain distance for for someone. But if you've got something Mm -hmm. to aspire to, that's going to drag you out of bed early in the morning. Yeah, I wake up at four forty most mornings to to go swimming, and it's just like, and and I love it though. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to sleep in. I just want to get up and get at it, and. Uh, I I really enjoy the feeling of having a good session and coming home from it.
0: Totally, and just even you know, even if we take all goals away, right? Even if it's not us or you know whoever who's watching right now, you know, like to me, even going in the swimming pool or going in the ocean or you know getting early up as you just said, Brandon, right, into having a good start into the day, that may be already an, an awesome goal to have instead of sleeping in or whatever it is, it's just this lifestyle you create and this consistency and routine that makes you just be tomorrow a better person, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: uh, would you have any advice for someone who was in your position 12 months ago, maybe feeling like they can feel they sit low in the water, maybe a little bit frustrated with their swimming, what sort of advice would you give to to someone who was in your shoes 12 months ago?
0: Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think, you know, this initial, to overcome this initial hump to be able to not anymore feel you drag your feet literally in, in the swimming pool, I think is a is a is a big one. And to me the number one point that kept me alive is just start to love the process, right? Start to enjoy the art of swimming, start to just see the good in it that comes out of you going through the struggle, I think like anything in life, you know, overcoming struggle and challenges is what I live for, at least. And so I think, you know, specifically, you know, have good mentors, have a plan for the session. You know, I remember in the very beginning, Brandon, I would literally just go swimming without having any focus, without having any guidance. And that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, because I think that if I wouldn't have attended your clinic and if I wouldn't have, or if I don't continue to watch your YouTube channels every day, or if I don't continue to have a coach that keeps me on my toes, I don't think I, I would have progressed that much at all. Because you can only see so far, right? Or you can you can you can see far further by standing on giants that came before you, so to speak, right? And to be le- to be able to leverage of people like yourself that have been doing this for a while, and to learn from it, and to improve through that process, I think is invaluable. And so, you know, one thing that I'm still working on and that I wish I would have done earlier for sure is just working on my core, for sure. Um, you know, to be able to really pull yourself forward into the water, so to speak, that was missing a lot in the beginning, you know, taking, you know, like I, I would say like the the head, the head position and just to relax the head. I mean, there's so much to it, but I would say the head position, f- starting to feel the water and then kind of look at consistency and working on your core I thought probably those three or four points i would have loved to have done probably earlier
1: and what what are you doing to to work on your core at the moment
0: so i have twice a week physiotherapy sessions where i work with my physiotherapist on specific core exercises so we go through the whole body most of it is trying to alleviate you know weak spots in the body but it literally exercises I do on the on a roller where I alleviate my my pelvis on the roller and then with a ball in between my legs that I stretch out and I just go through the motion of stretching the ball out while squeezing and then just really focusing and activating my deep core and then also doing up and down movements. That's kind of off the you know off the training. And then while you're training also To constantly be just to constantly intentionally focus on switching on your core. It is so easy. Like when I did the 1.9k race effort just a couple of days ago, so I really pulled hard for my for my you know for my ability so to speak, and I felt last three hundred meters I started to slip, and I had to really pull myself together in that moment, say no, you're not going to slip, just. You just keep being strong, and you just I, I pulled myself again forward and just had this initial this other inertia coming through. And yes, my legs were quite sore afterwards, which I think is a good sign. But it's really it takes mental mental intention and mental awareness around where is your core right now when you're running. Run tall, right? Switch on your core, move yourself a bit forward, and just really using your your glutes and your your core to just strive forward the same with cycling it's so easy just to sit on the bike no activate your legs and just really drive right and so it's this constant intentional kind of action and being aware about where your core is at and then just keep focusing on it and keep strengthening it it's such a huge thing in mm-hmm.
1: trying for sure yeah ab- absolutely one of the things that i like to do in the pool is I like to experiment. I like to go back and forth between some of the mistakes I see when I'm filming people, some of those common ones, and then go back to what is, you know, what is good technique just to experience what it feels like from their end and just mm-hmm. see if there's anything I can uncover in terms of how, all right, how could I teach this a bit better? Or is there a drill we could do to sort of, yeah, make, make this change and that the engagement of the, of the core, is is such a big one that's that's very subtle, and I, I think when you when you know you've got it, it's when you feel like, so you know when you've got it, basically because you will mm-hmm. feel yourself sitting higher in the water, things will feel a little bit tighter and narrower, and things will be much better connected. And I I, I often see that newest swimmers are kind of like beginner surfers, and what beginner surfers will do is they'll be on the board. They'll have their feet hanging off the end of the, or hanging off to the side of the the surfboard and their legs are really wide apart. And it's sort of out there just to help keep them balanced, but they're wriggling around a lot and they're very ineffective with their, with their paddling. Beginner swimmers are very much the same. Their feet, their legs are out really wide apart. So not, I'm not talking up and down, but with ways they're they're out quite wide. And -hmm. again, it's just sort of trying to keep them balanced in the water, but there's no core engagement there's no hip glute engagement there at all but when they can bring it in and you know, squeeze feels like she's squeezing the butt cheeks together a bit mm-hmm. and just yeah. like suck the tummy in a little bit mm-hmm. when you've got that then it's like whew, everything else is just so much easier. that's that's a huge bottleneck for so many beginner swimmers that i see
0: mm-hmm. do you think if i wouldn't mind just throwing a question back at you would you like because i remember like it wasn't like it's easy set in in theory, to do that, right, squeezing the butt cheek and just activating your core. If you would have t- if you would have told me this eight months ago or six months ago, like I'm not sure if I would have had the core to really do that because like, you're so exhausted already with the, all the other stuff you're doing in the water. Like, how would you how would you go about that as a beginner, yeah, right? So to really apply this, because one thing in theory, and yeah, other things actually do that in practice, no.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I think part of it is certainly strength and just some, some basic exercises out of the pool can, can help. And, you know, some of those would be ones that you're doing yourself now, or even just like lying on your back, hands under your bum and just, just doing some small freestyle kicks, lifting your legs, just, just off the ground and just keeping that quite small. Like that is hard work. It's it's hard to do that for more than 15 seconds for most people. I'd say, so just you can develop some core strength there. You can develop your kicking a little bit that way. And then even just like if you go on all fours, so you're on your knees, you're on your hands, and then just alternate, like lift the leg up, bring it back, and then even just alternating left arm, right leg, trying to keep the body straight. Most people can't do that without arching their back. So I think even just developing control through those sorts of movements can, can help as well. And then just going into like some some front kick or even side kick, just thinking about being long from your fingers to your toes, switching those two things on and trying to be long and then going into some swimming as well. So just trying to hold that, that, that long position with them switched on, start with the kick and then go into some swim. So just trying to build up from there is how I'd, I'd approach it for a lot of people. But you're right, it takes, certainly takes time and there's so many other things to think about but holding the body is one of the holding the body correctly is one of the the first things that I think people should learn how to to do so like for me the first couple things would be like head body and kick and just getting that part that main part of your body done yeah get that right get that right first so so said thank you so much for being on the the podcast i'm glad you reached out a couple months after the clinic and said oh look this is this is great this is what i've where i'm at now and i'm glad you stuck with it because not every not everyone sticks with it they get frustrated and they go oh, look this doesn't work i'm gonna just keep doing what i was doing but it's unlikely you'll see any improvements if you keep doing what you were doing aside from any you know, fitness gains so i'm glad you stuck with it and i'm excited to see where you can get to with it you know sub 30 is not far away for that half iron man swim and there's, you can absolutely get under that 30-minute that mark and, yeah, and, and beyond that because you know, there's, there's still some really good things that we can work out in the strokes. So I'm looking forward to working with you in the, in the future and seeing where you can get to with your swim.
0: Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in one of your next clinics as well. So, to kind of I'll be up going. in New South soon. <laughs>
1: yeah, not, not a hard place to convince me to come not to. A hard to. Don't worry good. about that. <laughs> no. Well, thanks again, Seb, and Thank all you so the best much. with your swimming.
0: Thank you so much, Brandon.
1: Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.